host for this uh, particularly special edition of the podcast. We're uh, inaugurating our podcast with a look at our homework month blogs. Uh, this month uh, I've been hard at work on the School Anywhere blog uh, to try and bring teachers some tips on how they can help deal with various issues surrounding homework. Uh, the main reason for this uh, is, of course, we've just kicked back into main term time. We're in uh, half term now as I'm doing this podcast. And I imagine homework is mounting up on all sides. So we thought, how can we help? We had a look online at various studies, various uh, different uh, methods of doing homework, dealing with homework stress. Uh, and of course, uh, how to mark homework effectively. Uh, all very important things, all very useful for new teachers and uh, even useful for some of the more senior members of staff who maybe just need a refresher course or, or maybe even just have a look at some of the new ideas that have developed in the field uh, since they've joined the services. So, uh, just to kick them off, our first blog this month was how uh, to deal with homework stress and how to help students deal with the overwhelming uh, feeling of homework they can get. Uh, the main thing to take on board from this is, of course, that organisation is key, uh, not just from the side of the student, uh, although they should be looking how to schedule in homework around their day-to-day -day life. Uh, it should also be a case of the teachers coordinating with each other to make sure that students don't end up with too much homework. Uh, it can be incredibly overwhelming for students to suddenly have three or four pieces of homework during the next day, and it's worth coordinating with teachers to make sure that you don't push kids too hard. Uh, not necessarily because we're trying to go easy on them, not even necessarily because uh, it's the case that you don't want to overwhelm them with work they don't understand. It's, it's more to do with the idea that uh, if a student is overwhelmed, they're more likely to give up before they can even start. They might well be capable of doing the homework, it might even be within their remit, but it's a good idea to make sure that things don't build up too quickly. And that's a general tip that we give out in, the, in our homework blog. Uh, other things include, uh, well, a phrase that popped up uh, quite a lot um, around the office here at Web Anywhere. We do um, work with education groups, but we also do work with businesses. And there's a common time management phrase in business called Eat the Frog. Uh, it comes from a very famous book, and it's uh, it's generally considered a good piece of uh, good piece of advice for any kind of time management skills. Essentially, eating the frog is the concept that you uh, take the worst possible thing on your plate, uh, the frog, if you like, and you just get it out of the way. You get it sorted, you get it done, and you move on. Now, obviously, eating the frog is uh, a great management technique because it means that when you get onto the work that you like doing and get onto the other things that you want to get on with, uh, you don't have a looming sense of doom for the forthcoming uh, challenges that you're going to experience. Uh, but even more to the point, uh, it basically means that you are aware of your priorities. It puts something at the top of your list, and rather than you sat there fumbling, uh, not knowing which thing needs to take priority you go for the thing that you don't want to do the most, and that just gets it done and out of the way. Uh, eating the frog requires some practicality, of course. Sometimes things do have to take precedence, even if you enjoy them. Uh, and it, uh, it does sometimes uh, take into account things like, for example, uh, deadlines sometimes matter more than whether or not the frog or the worst possible task uh, gets done first. Uh, another good tip that we have for dealing with homework, and indeed with marking homework as well, is have a dedicated space for it. So students, uh, for example, should have a space at home that they feel they can do work separately. Doing work in front of the television, absolutely no use to anyone whatsoever. It's a really great way to distract students from the fact that they need to be getting on with their work. Uh, this isn't even necessarily the idea that students can't have fun. They can listen to classical music when they work, or even their pop music if it's uh, something that they find helps them concentrate. It's just a case of having a separate area that they feel they can get on with work in. It's the same reason I have to go into an office every day. If I was allowed to lounge around at home, do my job, I might get a bit 
bit too easily distracted from the knowledge that the kitchen was only a few steps away. It's one of my favourite uh, things to do when working from home, is just continually make myself cups of tea. Uh, so another thing to do, bear in mind, with that in mind, is uh, the fact that students should do homework on a full stomach. Uh, similar to shopping, you should never do homework while feeling hungry. Again, this is to do with distractions. Uh, students who are well-fed will feel less distracted by the need to do hunger and uh, won't have to keep pushing that uh, desire for food down over and over again. Uh, again, something that I find in the office, I have to have had a decent lunch uh, before I can uh, crack on with my afternoon's work. Uh, it's also worth bearing in mind that you need to be eating healthily, uh, not just because it's obviously good for the overall constitution of oneself, but also because uh, decent eating can lead to stronger concentration if you're uh, properly uh, eating with proper fruits and vegetables and protein intake and so on. Uh, you can focus much better on your work at hand. Try to avoid uh, foods that are overly sugary, uh, foods that uh, rely on um, delivering glucose to the system. Uh, sugar rush is a problem. Uh, you can get it during work and it can be very distracting. Uh, also, obviously, uh, children should generally avoid caffeine if they're under a certain age, as the hyperactivity can cause a problem. Uh, another thing to do, and it's something to bear in mind throughout life, I suppose, uh, staying positive. Nobody likes doing homework, students struggle to do it, and they have to force themselves into some enthusiasm sometimes to get on with it. But it doesn't have to necessarily be such a forced thing. If you try and keep a positive outlook, remember that it's only a few hours' work and it's only knuckling down and getting on with it then you can have a positive attitude it won't feel like such a task it won't feel like such a burden uh and uh so long as they bear in mind that good work is rewarded they'll feel motivated to do it uh, it's all too easy to punish students for uh bad attitudes all too easy to punish students for not doing homework but you should also reward the ones that do uh, even if it's an expectation Students should feel like their work has an outcome. If they only ever see that uh, compliance leads to being left alone and uh, non-compliance leads to punishment, students will feel very demotivated and they won't feel like they, uh, they want to be involved in the process. So uh, try, to, try to give them some carrot every now and then rather than relying on the stick uh, constantly. And of course the main thing uh, to bear in mind overall is uh, staying organised. You should always stay organised uh, with doing homework. Uh, we provide a service here at Web Anywhere, whereby uh, if you are a secondary school and you have a Moodle VLE, we can plug in a thing called the homework block. It puts all your homework out onto the timetable. Uh, it lets you fully aware of what work you have to do in what order. And of course it uh, provides students with the ability to submit work at any time. Uh, genuinely one of the best things you can do to help uh, remove the distraction and misery of homework is have the fact that once it's done you can submit it and then it's out of your mind you don't have to worry about it uh, the same attitude that you can have of just getting something done handing it in and then leaving it to the gods or i suppose in this case the teachers So one of the other things we looked at this month was uh, how to get students to complete their homework. Now, it's all very well being able to teach them how to not be stressed by it, but it's a whole other kettle of fish trying to get them to actually hand it in. Uh, I have memories of being a young boy at school and seeing homework as merely an annoying piece of admin that if I ignored a certain amount of times, I didn't actually have to do it. Um, but there's lots of tips online for uh, how to actually get your homework done. So uh, one of the things you should do as a teacher is, first of all, make sure that you're setting a realistic workload. Uh, as we previously mentioned, overwhelming students is almost a guaranteed way to paralyse them. Uh, I'm sure if you've ever been set a large amount of assessments in your life, you felt overwhelmed and just sort of shut down. So remember to uh, coordinate with other teachers uh, and that uh, students need to avoid having too much work 
uh, in for the next day. So make sure not to be unrealistic. And also try to avoid setting um, frivolous homework. Homework that uh, if, if students uh, have to put a huge amount of work into, but you know they're not going to get much out of it, maybe reduce the workload. Maybe just say one or two of the activities or just jump them straight to the harder stuff uh, if you feel that uh, the other stuff is just going to just gonna take up their time rather than uh, helpfully reinforce an idea taught in lesson. Uh, the next thing you have to do is, as previously mentioned, get incentives for those who complete work. Now, this is a bit more ambiguous and down to you guys. Uh, within your own school, I imagine you'll have your own policies on rewarding students, whether or not you can uh, give them certain treats or things. But do try to figure out a way to reward those who complete the work, and try not to do it at the detriment of other students. Uh, so while it's all very well that I suppose not getting a detention is in a way its own reward, uh, it doesn't really push students to feel like that their work is uh, properly rewarded. And it certainly won't set them up in uh, future uh, to feel like hard work is something that's worth pursuing for them. So uh, another thing to make sure you can do, and again, this sounds a little bit obvious, but uh, it's uh, something that some teachers can fall into a bit of a pitfall with, is to make sure that students can do the work. If a student comes up to you after a lesson and says that they don't fully understand what happened in the lesson, they're not going to be able to do the homework. It's fair enough to say that uh, they need to be able to catch up. So maybe defer homework tasks until it's... Uh, until you feel the class are ready to actually do the homework assignment. Uh, maybe make the homework itself part of the research. Uh, maybe instead of getting them to complete questions on the subject, maybe just set them a research task and get them to ask to answer a very basic question that you feel would be uh, fundamental to them understanding it. Uh, it's worth bearing in mind that not all homework has to necessarily be assessment in the sense of making sure they've learned things in lesson. It can also be a learning experience in itself. So that's something to, to bear in mind. Another thing to do is to make sure that homework assessments don't just become uh, an exercise book fill-in form. You need to make sure that you're varying assignments, that you're making them interesting, that you're making them different. Uh, this is a real chance to do some creative teaching here. The homework is nowhere near as strictly monitored uh, as other different areas of the uh, lesson planning system can be. And uh, it's here that you can really ask students to be clever and creative um, there's such a thing as unhomework. I'd give it a Google if you're interested. There's a whole book on the subject. And it's essentially the idea of setting students incredibly vague boundaries around their homework and expecting them to fill in the gaps themselves. So it's ideas, for example, saying, um, we're going to look at the water cycle. Go away, come back, and explain to me the water cycle. And they can do it through presentations, they can do it through diagrams or posters, or even making a video if they want to. Uh, there's all sorts of different ways students can engage uh, with uh, topics at home that you won't necessarily have the time or resources to do in school. So it's worth bearing in mind that homework is actually an opportunity to, to take students' imaginations and let them present things in a way that they find uh, more pleasing. Uh, this is especially great given uh, certain theories on how children learn. Um, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the VAC system of teaching. A uh, brief summary is you've got visual, audio and kinesthetic types of learning. Uh, visual learners are the kind of people who can sit there, read a book and understand it and just they'll know it. Audio learners tend to rely more on debate and discussion of ideas. Uh, and kinesthetic learners have to learn by doing. And uh, by setting homework in this way, you let the student pick their own strength. So you'll find that kinesthetic learners might want to demonstrate how something's done. Uh, visual learners will probably uh, rely on the presentation. Uh, and the uh, audio learners might want to have a discussion in class um, about something that they've created or, or do a debate or a question answer session. Uh, so it's a great way to do varied teaching in the class uh, without necessarily having to uh, rely on school resources. So uh, a final, final tip for getting homework done is make sure that your expectations are consistent. 
uh, if you set homework tasks and you uh, expect them to be in the next day and then the following week it's a week later and then a few weeks after that it's you know it's got to be done uh, within a fortnight it can be annoying and stressful for students particularly if they're trying to create successful homework plans so that they can assign the correct amount of time at home what you should do with your homework is keep the expectation consistent, keep punishment consistent, and make those expectations apparent from day one. You should be turning up on the first day of class and going, homework's due in once a week. If you don't do it the first time, you'll get a break time detention. If you don't do it two times, you'll be getting an after-school detention. Make sure that those boundaries are set, they're clear, and that they're fair. Uh, it's also worth bearing in mind that you can also do this with the reward system. If you do your homework five times in a row, for example, I might let you go home early on one day if that's something that your school will allow. So keep in mind that so long as students feel they know the rules and that it's fair, they can't complain if they don't do it and they'll be delighted when their hard work is rewarded in the correct way. So those are our tips on how to get students to hand in their homework. final blog that we did this month um, was something that I actually did quite a lot of research into uh, because I myself uh, am not from an education background uh, so I've been doing lots of research in this field to try and find out more and I found this absolutely fascinating so even if you are a seasoned vet of the teaching world uh, you might well be aware of these theories long before if you're new to the teaching world uh, this could be a very useful set of theories for you uh, but I found this absolutely fascinating this is the research of Dr Rod Ellis and it's basically how to mark homework and it's not just a case of uh, for example, you know, ticking boxes and making sure that they're matching up to uh, the expectation of what the answers are meant to be. Uh, but it's more looking at the systems by which uh, students understand their feedback. So the first example is um, telling them what's wrong, which is also known as direct corrective feedback. Uh, and what essentially this means is this is probably the most standard form of marking, uh, certainly uh, when I was at school and university, well aware that this was the system that was put in place to, uh, to teach me how to learn things. And uh, essentially it is someone will write next to the mistake what I should have put instead. And this is incredibly straightforward, so the learner immediately understands I should have done that. But the biggest problem with it is, is it is in itself not a learning process. Uh, it's merely a corrective one. Uh, and this, this is a problem in the sense that it doesn't necessarily make the learner take on board the rationale behind why something has to be changed. Uh, it can become a bit of a Chinese room. You tell them to change something, they change it. They have no idea why they've changed it. So while this system is very direct and with uh, the large majority of simple assignments, something that can be easily applied, it doesn't necessarily teach in the sense of creating new ideas. It more reinforces a correct way of doing things, um, which might well be all you want to do. And that's fine. And by all means, this is the most uh, straightforward way of marking. Uh, there's then something next, which is telling them that there is a mistake, but not what the mistake is. So this is a bit more of a tricksy one, and this can come across as a bit mean to a student. Uh, but at the same time, with certain types of activity, it might well be the brightest thing to do. Uh, what this is called, uh, the indirect corrective feedback, is essentially, you'll circle the problem, but don't say what to do. Just leave it. So the student will know that they've got something wrong, but they'll have to engage with the work in order to figure out why they're wrong, and how to correct it. Now, in some respects, this is great because it means that the learner will re-engage with the learning process, but in other senses can make the learner feel completely lost and abandoned by the teacher. So possibly not the best thing to do with the lower ability students uh, and possibly worth sort of uh, leaving a note at the bottom to say, if you need help, come and see me. So this, this, this type of marking, uh, while ultimately, uh, hopefully more engaging and more creative for the learner, 
uh, can come across as a bit harsh. So do bear that in mind if you ever decide to use it. Uh, the final method, though, the final method, um, which is slightly more complicated, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to communicate it over the podcast, but I will do my absolute best, uh, is something called metalinguistic feedback, which is essentially footnoting work and then leaving a full explanation of how to... Uh, correct the mistakes uh so if you go onto the homework month blog and you have a look at what i've put as the third example it's the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog and there's footnoted examples of saying you've spelled jump wrong you've used the wrong ick sound uh you've used the wrong tense for jump uh etc etc uh now this form of feedback is ideal uh as it completely corrects the student it shows them how they've gone wrong and how to re-engage uh, and also it gives the student the opportunity to look at the mistake then figure out why it was wrong, and if they can't figure out why it was wrong, then look at the footnote. So it kind of takes the best of both worlds and uh, helps the learner understand a bit better why they went wrong. Uh, The biggest problem with this is that it is incredibly time-consuming. You essentially have to write out uh, a a short mini-essay on the essay that you're marking uh, in order to correct what went wrong. And particularly if you have an unfocused uh, form of marking, which is to say you correct every single problem rather than the specific problem you're trying to tackle, uh, this would take hours upon hours if you did this with every student assignment. So possibly reserve this one for the more substantial essays, the more substantial uh, feedback that needs to be taken on board. Uh, It is as I say, time-consuming, but ultimately very, very good for your learners. So it's uh, up to you when you want to employ it. Uh, It might be a good idea to employ it with lower-ability students and then maybe give the higher-ability students uh, the indirect feedback and say, no, you come and tell me how to fix that. You should know how to fix that. So uh, those are all the methods uh, that I would propose uh, when it comes to uh, marking homework. If you have any thoughts or opinions on how to mark homework, if you have a great tip, uh, maybe you know how to... uh, turn an hour-long marking session into a 30-minute one, uh, then by all means, uh, hit us up on Twitter. You can find us at at webanywhere or uh, at webanywhere underscore Moodle. Uh, and there you can contact us and send us your tips and tricks. And uh, I can talk about them on this, hopefully. Uh, maybe put together a blog post all about them and explain our various tips for dealing with homework. Uh, this podcast is, of course, brought to you by Web Anywhere. We are an e-learning company based uh, in the UK. And we uh, do all sorts of things for schools and websites and so on. We build school websites. We uh, handle VLEs. Moodle VLEs are our speciality. Uh, We can build you custom Moodle themes. We can do uh, integration with your MIS system. We can do all manner of things like that. Uh, But the main reason uh, that we're doing homework uh, within the company is because we also provide this homework block service that allows you to integrate uh, your students' MIS system organise the homework and plot it out in different places. Uh, It's a fantastic service. We love providing it to schools uh, because it really helps uh, completely organise the homework timetables for students and it's a really fantastic way to get your head around what can be incredibly tedious admin. So uh, if you're interested, by all means get in touch. You can email us at education at webanywhere.co.uk. Give us a call on 0113-3200-750. Or you can even hit us up on Twitter, as I said, at at webanywhere. Uh, Like us on Facebook. We're just webanywhere on Facebook. And uh, please do get in touch. Uh, You can also comment on the SoundCloud page for this podcast. Uh, if you feel like that would be the best way to chat to us. So my name's been Lewis Dunn. I really hope you've enjoyed this inaugural podcast of the Web Anywhere podcast, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Thanks very much, and bye for now. (laughs) 